Welcome everybody to another episode of Imagine Faith Talk, the podcast where we believe that faith in God is key to unlocking everything you've been called to be. And on today's episode, we're continuing with this series, this topic. Woo, this is such an important one for every single person listening, and it's important to me and also to Donovan. I'm tired of success. I am tired of success. We're your co-hosts, Kevin Alushla and Donovan Donnell, and we're just going to get straight into it like we normally do. Donovan, my guy. What's up, First of all, you look good today, man. Listen, that chain and everything? I'm not sure how I feel about that. I look good yesterday, too. Now, you got to <laughs> fix your compliments, man. I'm not sure how you, who taught you to give compliments, but... That sounds like a backhand one, but I'll take it for now. Oh, you didn't well, I didn't, I, first, I didn't see you yesterday, but you know what it is. You still look <laughs> good. I'll your picture. I, I had... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, D, yeah. look, we're thinking about our audience, right? I, I feel like we relate to them so much because they are us, right? 100%. They have a dream. They're wanting to maximize that uniqueness that's in them with whatever profession that, that they're in or whatever they're called to do. Yeah. We meditate on success regularly. Yeah. Why? Like, why is that so important to us? I think it's important because it's, it's, it can be something that you go towards because God has called you to a thing. And we've been accustomed to thinking that success is like the end all be all of every pursuit. Success is the end all be all of, you know, trying to be a higher performer. And so we really take time to unpack that so that we're not sucked into this, this, this fleshly carnal way of looking at success that requires us to give up our soul, sacrifice our health, lose our families, all to obtain this, this, my precious, you know? I think that that's <laughs> yeah. the temptation we are trying to help people get away from, which is like the foundation of the podcast. High performers with higher values operating in their highest self. I think those are the missing components for a lot of people who decided to be high performers or felt led to be high performers and lost so much along the way and ended up not being as fulfilling as they thought. And so we have to meditate on this and break this down so that people can experience it God's way. Man, I love what you said, especially in the terms of the ethos of this podcast, right? High performers with higher values operating in their highest nature. Because I, I think about that and I actually feel like if you look through the Bible, God calls men and women to be successful in whatever arena they're called to, right? Because yeah. I think that success in, in a certain way is our spiritual worship. Mm. That's our love offering to God. Like if you look at Jesus, he did his ministry well because it pleased the Father because he also knew who he was representing. But that was also his mission to get on the cross because it was going to serve others. So if that's the case in our every single day life, then what is it that makes it exhausting? Whether you're a leader in the home or leader in the workplace, what makes it tiring to us? I think we need to define it. That's what it is. I think that we have yeah. a warped definition of success and now we com we commit our plans to achieving the definition of success that we've created and if it's not a true definition, if it's not a pure definition, then of course, you know, contamination is inevitable. So I think for me, when the Bible says, commit your ways to the Lord and you will find success, I think that it all starts with understanding or getting a biblical or divine definition of success before I decide that I'm going to pursue it. Man, everything you're saying is, is bringing up this podcast because like finding success in this podcast space. I mean, mm -hmm. you and I trying to do this sounded hard, sounded exhausting. Yeah. And that is so <laughs> I good. knew that yeah. we... It's true. Right? It was so, I mean, look, huh. you're a life coach. I'm a musician. Our schedules are already crazy, mm. right? 
you need to be consistent when you're trying to put out a podcast, right? And I can tell you right now, personally, I don't really see myself sometimes as the most eloquent speaker and I definitely don't know anything about marketing or promotion. And also, bro, I, I don't know if you've heard this. Ed Sheeran talked about this when it comes to musician. His dad, actually. He said that as somebody who's in the music industry, you're supposed to stay away from topics like religion because it'll ostracize your fan base, right? Mm. So I'm thinking about all these things as we're trying to put out this podcast about faith in God, right? That seems so draining to try to go against all of these norms. But then I was thinking about two things that I remembered. First and foremost, and you talk about this all the time, God doesn't necessarily lighten the requirements that he has for us. What he requires us to do is to level up, right? You talk about this verse every single time. I'm going to read this. Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Yeah. And you know, Kevin, when I hear that, what I hear is that what we need to do is work smarter, not harder. But then I hear there's something deeper than that. I know that that's what we come up with as human beings and as men, as high performers, as motivational speakers. But there's something deeper than that. If we truly want to level up, partner with God. You need to get you a partner, man. A partner that has infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite resources, infinite riches, and of course has infinite grace for you. I mean, there's such safety and security in that kind of partnership and in that kind of relationship that it when, when applied to the pursuit of success, it takes away all the other strains and all the other worries that we would normally associate with the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of success, the pursuit of fulfillment, trying to be your best in this particular space. The partnership, the partnership with God, that's the key. Oof. Well, bro, the, the partnership in that way also gives us more meaning to what I think the reason we're having this conversation is. Mm. Specifically, if you're going to be successful, you need more mm. courage. Donovan and I were, were talking about this so much in our Bible study. One of the reasons we're tired of success is that we lack courage that is necessary to do what God has called us to do. Let's go to our rooting scripture that Donovan and I have been using throughout this whole series. Joshua 1. Now, let's give a little context. Joshua became the leader of Israel when Moses had died. And in Joshua 1, God is calling Joshua to rise up. So this is what it reads. Joshua 1, 5 through 9. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Donovan, look, when God says something three times, oh. I feel like this means we have to pay attention. Like, hey, if you didn't listen to anything else I've said, mm. pay attention to this. Kev, when you read that, 
Never before, even in our study time, did I hear it this way. They sounded like wedding vows. What, speak. You, you got to speak. What? I will always be with you. Never forsake you. Like it just, it just kept, he's talking about the relationship, but it wasn't just wedding vows. It was wedding vows plus a call to action. I'm doing this so that you can do this. What if we implemented that in our, in our normal weddings with our, our wives and whatnot? Just a whole side subject, but wedding <laughs> vows with a, a call to action to it. He's letting you know that this is what my partnership brings to the table so that you can do what you once thought was impossible. Which is still impossible without me, but with me, all things are possible. Wow. Dude, that's a different level of partnership. That's a different mm. level of, of commitment. Yeah. That God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Talk about wedding bells, ding, 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 Come ding. On. Right? Well, okay, so then if that's the case, then I would say let's really go down to what courage actually means because yeah. we have to figure out what's our part of this deal that God has with us. Yeah. Now, yeah. I I know we all know what courage is, but it's always good to get a fresh definition. And from what I've read, dictionary, the ability to do something that frightens one, mm-hmm. strength in the face of pain or grief. Donovan. Yeah. You just heard that. Yeah. How does that change the way this passage is read to you? So this is the kicker for me. It helps me to see that when I'm, I guess, fearful, it's not because I lack any ability. I don't lack ability in that moment. But there is a separation between me and that ability. And that's where fear comes in. It tries to separate you from the awareness of your ability. Fear tries to make you think that you can't do it, even though God equipped you. To do it. He's giving you everything you need to do it. So when I hear this passage, I hear God reaffirming that I'm able, that I'm capable, that I'm called, and that He's partnering with me. And so that helps me when when I remember that those things are true, courage doesn't have a platform to stand on. Courage no longer has any room to live in, right? Because absent courage, it's exhausting to walk around with all those worries. Worries are heavy. Worries are extremely heavy. They turn into anxiety and depression. If you ever experience any of those, you know how they weigh on you and your capacity. And so once God realigns you and reconnects you with the truth about who you are and how he made you and and that fear tries to find a place to grab hold and it no longer has it because now you remember, I'm no longer in amnesia, I'm in remembrance. Courage has a place to rise up, man. It's, It's beautiful. Wow. So then what you're saying is that we have to give courage a... I guess an environment to live in. And if you don't do that, courage cannot rise up in you. No. So then, okay, well then I would say, this is really good then for our first point, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna feel the fear, you're gonna feel the grief, you're gonna feel the pain, but maybe you have to strike when the iron is hot. Yeah. True courage is striking when the iron is hot. Yeah. What these verses are saying, right? This iron is this burning and maybe emotion that's inside of you that that this pain, this fear, this doubt that's trying to make you creep away from what God's calling you. But God is saying in the face of that fear, when you feel fear creeping into your veins, that's exactly the time I want you to move. When you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure I can do this. That's exactly the time that God wants you to execute. When you're feeling, oh my gosh, I just, there's so much weight and, and, and heaviness. I don't know if I can do this. The grief of all this, that's exactly the time you're supposed to move. move. And God said it three times. Come on, man. Move. 
Move. Move. <laughs> you gotta pray. You gotta. You gotta praise him. You gotta. You gotta go. You know what? It's time for you to go. Father God, it is time for you to go. That's the paradigm shift. Usually, when we feel the fear, we let like say, "Oh, what's going on?" We're telling you right now that that is the moment that fear is trying to separate you from your ability, from the awareness of your ability. Understand from this day moving forward, from this moment forward, every time you feel fear, identify that it's trying to separate you from a truth or an understanding about yourself or your relationship with God. And that is the moment so we good. say, the only way I can solidify what I know is to move by faith on it. That is so good. Mm. I love that because now then, I would say we have to address these emotions we call fear, doubt, pain, grief. Like, what are they actually in the context of God and his calling? Because if we don't figure that out, then these things may continue to have a hold on us continuously. And I'm saying this because I've seen it happen in my own life. So many times when I've gotten on stage, I didn't give courage the context in which it could live in because I allowed these other things to come up. And again, my God. Oh, bro. So many times I have let other things creep into the environment of courage to not courage from its rightful place. And now we can't do that. So now what are these actual emotions, right? What, how do we contextualize them when it comes to God? Mm. Well, let's look at this. Mm. We're going to read Mark 4, 35 through 41. This is Jesus telling his disciples, we're going to go on a boat and we're going to go somewhere. Let's read this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Donovan, mm. talk about these disciples. What happened? What happens to all of us? That's all. We're all 100%. very familiar. We're very familiar with what happened. We got paralyzed. We forgot something. We didn't remember something. See, this is, this is the paradigm shift that I would love for myself, you, Kevin, and our audience to grab hold of from this day forward. Fear is simply letting you know where you would be stuck if you did not have a relationship with God. Hold on. No, 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 no. You have got to say that again. That is crazy. Fear, which again, our emotions are picking up data from around us and telling our body, hey, how do we self-preserve in this environment? And our soul speaks to our body and says, we have God, we have Jesus, we have the Lord, the God of the universe on our side. But fear is just letting you know, it's reminding you of where you would be stuck if you didn't have a relationship with God. But because I do, I'm not stuck here. And this is why God, Jesus saying, oh, ye of little faith, little faith in what? Little faith in me, little faith in the promise that I made, never leave you nor forsake you, that I would be your strength when you're weak, that I would carry you when you couldn't walk. All these promises, I'm, ha- I'm telling you, have faith in my promises because that is my commitment and my relationship with you, my child. 
And so we get to tell fear in that moment. Thank you for the reminder that I would be stuck here if I didn't have a relationship with God. But because I do, this fear has now made me even more grateful for the fact that I have a Lord and a Savior that will never leave me nor forsake me. That is such a word. I mean, like you're saying, if we if we submit to fear, right, we want to hide. We want to retreat. And feel, and sometimes, I mean, I definitely feel this. I feel less of myself. I feel less of that divine energy that God put inside of me, right? And how many times does fear keep us shackled to do what God's called us to do? But if you look at these verses, Jesus was the one who led them there. So literally to what you were saying, I mean, Jesus literally knew this was going to happen. Jesus is omnipotent, omniscient omnipresent so if jesus is the one leading you there then i feel like what this teaches us and like you're saying this is the paradigm shift our emotions do not drive the ship Mm. our calling does our emotions cannot drive us it must be the vision that god called us to be and from that place our emotions must submit to god come on man it's, it's like a child, right? You don't, you love your child, your child's voice and you hear them and they cry and they tell you things like, it's great, this indicator that you need to do something, but you don't let that child drive the car. We're not saying your emotions are bad. They're just not fit to drive the vehicle because you're going to wreck. If, if your emotions are your final authority, a wreck is inevitable. To, well, and then also, I mean, Capacity is what we're also mm-hmm. always striving towards. Yeah. And if we let fear, doubt, emotions be the driver of our, of our ship, we've lost capacity to really be in line with God. Remember, success formula. We talk about this. Yes. Success equals personal alignment plus self-development times faith. If we let fear drive us, we've lost a part of this equation. And the fortifier should be the vision. The fortifier should be the call from God. That's why I love this verse, Ephesians 4.14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I feel like in this whole line, we should add... Our emotions. We cannot be tossed to and fro by the emotions that come every single day because God is the one who has given us the call. That is the number one highest authority, God Almighty. Bro, while you were talking, this incredibly hilarious story just came to my mind. Oh, bring it on. I love these. Come on. (laughs) We talk about moving from one place to another, right? Have you ever been in a car with someone who is just a bad driver? You're not driving. They're a bad driver. You're in a passenger seat. But once you get to your destination, you are incredibly exhausted. I am tired. Why are you tired? You, you, you didn't do anything but sit there. But because I was, trying to, <laughs> I was trying to manage all these emotions, these thoughts, and these fears because of this bad driver. Like, I've been in a car with people before, and I'm just like, I'm holding on for dear life. I'm wondering why they're not slowing down when the car in front of is stopping. Oh, bro. We, maybe we don't understand how exhausting it is to not have God as your final authority, to not have his wow. final authority. Like Kevin said, it's a capacity issue. We're trying to manage so many things mentally because the wrong person's in the driver's seat. And so we get to where we are, eggs. Exhausted. I'm tired on the way. I'm 
tired when I get there. At what point do you plan to have any fulfillment or happiness? You can't unless you actually trust the person that's driving and you're not going to trust the person that's driving unless they have been called to be there. And that's who God wants to be for us. He's telling you, move your emotions out of the way. Let me Dude, do this. A- Let me guide you. Uh, amen. I mean, okay. With what you just said, like I was thinking about something that I wrote down during our Bible study about courage. That emotion, I think what it can do is tell me three things. Three things that I know it tells me. One, I can't do this on my own. Mm. Two, I need the full participation of heaven, which, alert, alert, alert. That's exactly where God wants to put you. That's exactly the position that God wants you to be. And that three, to accomplish this heaven sent dream, if it is from God, you have to be aligned every single day. Those three things are, are, are what the emotions can indicate. Directing you back to God, God, God. Who is the king? Who is the king? What did God say? Okay, okay. I'm directed. How do these emotions translate to what God said? Okay, now I have to not do this on my own. Focus on the Lord. Focus on the Savior. We're ne- we were never meant to be independent. Wow. Say la, man. We were never meant to be independent, bro. You know what that made me think of when you look at the 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 promise or the 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 before Joshua really took the mantle and, and was called to lead in or before the children of Israel, before Moses, before David, you always see this moment where God kind of touches on these three things. I can't do this. on You can't do this on your own. You need the participation of heaven and um, you need to you need to stay aligned. When you said that, it just reminded me of like there are certain things like. I don't know if it's a pep rally or if it's a, a, a pregame speech or what it is, but it's almost like a vow renewal. If God is about to send you into a place, he just wants to remind you, hey, this is where I stand with you. So as you go forward, don't lack courage because lack of courage will drain you mentally, emotionally. It will leave you tired and unfulfilled because you're not present to what's happening because you're fearful of everything that you're worried about, stuff that I've already addressed in my commitment to you. And so when you said that, it just reminded me, not just for the people in the Bible, but for myself, where God has showed me that, look, I made this idea and this vision so big because I always plan to partner with you. And your participation in this is to stay aligned every day. When I first heard that, I'm like, man, that's a lot to do. But just think about the life that you have to live outside of alignment. Yeah. Trust me, this is an easier cross to bear. Dude, oh my gosh, 100%. I mean, Look, I'm a parent. You know that. If this is the first time you've been introduced to this podcast, I have a beautiful nine month. Well, I don't. At the time of this podcast, she'll probably be older. But I have a beautiful daughter named Kaya. Love this girl to death. And the courage that <laughs> I feel like I need to have every single day to make sure nothing happens to her because she's selfless. It's me having to stay aligned. And I realize every single day, right? Like we're just talking about it. There are fears associated with being a parent. There's a fear associated with being the leader of the household. The one that Kaya has to look to, to see what does God look like? What does success look like? What does joy look like? Because every single day sometimes goes like this. 
And to realize that I cannot do it on my own, bro. Like, look, I have this book that I'm reading right now. It's by Paul David Tripp, Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. I want to read a part of this because I think this will be really helpful in terms of what we're talking about today with courage. I want to read this part. This is in their grace section. And I really, really love this. Let me read this. Like everything else God calls people to, God doesn't call people to be parents because they are able. God did not create human beings to be independently able. He designed us to be dependent. It is not a sign of personal weakness or failure of character to feel unable as a parent. The reason you feel this is because it's true. Why would a God of perfect wisdom ask inadequate people to do such an important job? Why would God ask us to have the courage? Why would God ask Joshua to be strong and courageous three times for such an important job when there are weaknesses that he has inside of him? Why does he ask that of us every single day when it comes to the calling and the job that he has for us? God calls unable people to do important things because ultimately what he's working on is not your immediate success, but that you would come to know him, to love him, to rest in his grace and to live for his glory. Let me put it a different way. God calls unable people to do important things so that he will get the glory and not them. He isn't working so that your life as a parent would be easy, predictable, and free from struggle. He calls you to do the impossible so that in your search for help, you would find more than help. You would find him. Come on. Dude, that's a word. Saw it coming. That was great. Wow. That's a word. Like the whole point of us rising to courage is not necessarily about us just being the best that we could be. And of course, as high performers, there's so many inefficiencies. There's so many inadequacies that we feel. The whole point is so that we can connect to God. He's like, I'm right here. The whole point I gave you this impossible dream is so that you can find me. Is that you can see me. And that you would come to know me, that this will be a real partnership. And when you do what I've designed you to do, I'm talking a lot, forgive me, Don. But like, there's one thing, Matt, my bandmate said one thing that has always struck a chord with me. He said, when I'm on stage and I feel fear, I'm worshiping. I'm in a state of worship because I cannot do this literally on my own. Mm. I am praising God doing exactly what I'm called to do. You've talked about this with the courage that you need to have when you're a life coach. You're speaking literally life, God's truth, into the people that need it. You need partnership. Bro, I need access. I need access to heaven and all of its resources because I am attempting to do something that is divine in nature and I'm carnal. And I'm in this process that God is refining me and reconstructing me and renewing me. He said that um, if you conform not to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that he is doing, then you'll be a new creature. So I'm in the process of this while trying to walk out a calling. Like I'm trying to be successful as a life coach. I'm trying to be successful as a project coordinator. I'm trying to be successful. You're trying to be successful as a, as a father. Come you know on. As listeners, as a mother, as a participant in your community. Like that is divine in nature. What he's calling you to do. He's saying, I'm not going to, I haven't called you to do this by yourself. Like the, the most optimal version of you comes out through relationship with me. 
not independent of me. That's what we're saying here on the on the podcast. Like, if you want to be in your your highest self, understand that that comes from putting your faith in God in a relationship with Him. Dude. Man, I think that for me, man, when I look at success and I think of all the things that make a person successful, I think that what I'm learning today is that we need to reprioritize the components, the things that we think are most important to, to least important. And I think that oftentimes we, we say that achieving this thing is the most important thing and that along the way, you know, I just, you know, okay, yeah, make sure my family's good or my health is good. Like some people say I'm willing to sacrifice all that just so I can obtain what I'm going after. And if that's you, I just want you to know there's a better way. There's a, there's a way that God has for you where you don't have to sacrifice the things that he told you to steward just to touch or taste success. Amen, bro. That's a word. Oh, well then look, I, then I have one more question for you. One more right. question as we're talking about this lack of courage thing, right? We've just come to this paradigm shift that our emotions don't drive the ship our calling does. And we've talked about this in somewhat of a positive light, right? God has this thing that he wants us to do. And we've talked about it in the context of God's called us to something. My emotions feel a certain way about it, but I have to go towards that thing. Yeah. What about in the situation where maybe there's an opportunity that comes and you're really excited about it, but God said, I gave you no vision for that. Now your emotions are positive. They're excited about an opportunity. They're, 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 they're firing in all gears. Your, your imagination's running wild, but God says, I don't have the vision for that. What do you do with that? Submit your emotions to God. Submit your emotions to the calling. Submit it. But dude, that but that feels harder. It's like me wanting to get some ice cream and then I'm like, eh. or my child wanted to get ice cream. Let's be ch- like, how do you do it in that space where like it's such a positive feeling? It's easier sometimes whenever I'm I'm in a um in a situation that's n- that that certain grief and pain comes right because I want to yeah. hide from that. But this is one I really want to do. Yeah. I think for me, this goes back to the conversation of what I want versus what I need. And it's like, it's easy for me to find motivation to do the things that I want to do. But it may be a little more challenging to find the motivation to do the things that I need to do. This is why discipline will get you further than skill. This is why having a fixed mind on the vision helps you to conjure up the discipline needed in certain moments where the lack of motivation is. For me, when it comes to either doing cardio or to eating the vegetables that I need to eat and stepping away from the chips, or when it comes to get the rest you need, like get get six to eight hours tonight. I know they tell you you can operate off four, but like this is the discipline that comes into play when you recognize, when you get details of the vision and you recognize that all your behavior is really dictating how easy or how challenging this path is going to be. If you have clear vision, if you get remembrance of the vision, it's easier for you to discipline yourself in those moments to make the decisions you need to make, whether whether happiness is present or not. I have a job to do. I have a responsibility and I'm taking it serious. Man, bro, success formula again. Come on, let's say it. Personal alignment plus self-development times faith. I have faith in the calling that God gave me. And I've seen the vision that he has for me. 
okay, I have to align myself with that. Why am I doing this? Why am I here to, for that vision? Hey, I love this opportunity. Thank you. But I have disciplined myself to say and, and have the courage to say no. Courage and discipline almost are, are, are hand in hand, I'd say then. Wow. Yeah. They have to be. Yeah. Because they're both a choice. They're both a ch- Speak. You can be afraid and still choose to be courageous. You can be excited about one thing and still choose to be disciplined. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, look, y'all heard it here. <laughs> like, that's crazy. So in this first part, I'm tired of success, lack of courage. Three things we've learned. One, true courage is striking while the iron is hot. When you're feeling those emotions, when you're feeling those things, that's when you're supposed to act. That's when you're moving forward. Two, our emotions do not drive the ship. Our calling does. Whatever God has called you to, translate your emotions in the context of the call. And three, what does courage demonstrate? I can't do this on my own. I need the full participation of heaven. And for this heaven-filled dream that God gave me, for this heaven-sent dream, I actually have to walk aligned every single day to God. Next episode, we're continuing with this series, I'm Tired of Success, with part two of this topic, lack of courage. Next time, next episode. But remember, every single time we come here, Love transforms you, purpose defines you, and impact activates you by faith. We love y'all, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Imagine Faith Talk. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you want to be on our journey with us, then there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe so you can know when the next episode drops and share it with a few people you think would enjoy it as well. Second, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to the bottom of our website, www.imaginefaithtalk.com and send us comments, prayer requests, or tell us topics you'd like to hear on the podcast or even questions you'd love us to answer. Third, join our Imagine Faith Talk Club on Clubhouse. This is a space where you can connect with other like-minded individuals and the rooms are hosted and led by members of our leadership team. You can see a schedule for when our rooms go live on our club or on our website. And finally, follow us on socials at Imagine Faith Talk. It's all one word. We love you all and we'll see you on the next episode.